Blog Talk Radio. This is BD. Uh, John Jordan is uh, unable to make it tonight, so we're going to fly um, a little solo. So, and uh, we'll see how it goes. I got a bad feeling about this. Oh, I, I hear you, Han. Anyway, so you're stuck with me and a soundboard, and we'll go through some of the um, latest items. I mean... The Islanders are streaking despite, uh, you know, JT kind of being snake bit. Um, you know, he, he's kind of streaky anyway, so that'll obviously uh, worrying about his offense is kind of pointless. Um, so, and at least they're, uh, you know, still able to get some wins. Uh, last night's game versus Philly was, uh, as as you might have seen, uh, atrocious, and uh, they were lucky to have the talent in Halleck to be able to pull out two points. Um, that was pretty amazing. Um, so, you know, not all things are working. Uh, some of the talent seems to uh, steal a game or come through despite when not all the things are working. And uh, which of course makes us uh, tear out our hair, especially with the uh, too many men on the ice, especially with Grabowski and the, uh, in OT. But um, you know, a win is a win is a win. They keep on accruing points, and they're right in there, and we'll go through that a little bit. Um, also want to talk about the, the possibility. Um, we haven't heard much since uh, I reported back on uh, Thanksgiving Day that the you know most of the talks had broken off, and uh, you know everything is status quo. And if you've noticed, there's been a real lack of rumors since that time, and for good reason. It was accurate. And, you know, uh, the fact is what we're going to have to talk about now is what is the what are the options? And, uh, you know, what if what if Garth can't trade Hamannick without hurting the team? What, what do they do? So I figure maybe we'll talk out some of those options. And um, also um, reporting tonight, uh, Robert Brodsky from Newsday that uh, Kate Murray lands to a cushy trustee job at NASA Community College which now assures that most prospective students are now smarter than most of the trustees. And uh, not much more to say than that. Um, besides, it's unfortunate that she couldn't be flushed down a toilet. But um, there is some sense of justice of being the only thing they could find for her is, uh, you know, we always knew that the GOP would take care of their own. Um, you know, Kate Murray is not in an elected position. So, and uh, let's hope that remains the same. And, uh, you know, and, uh, but, you know, you knew that was going to happen. Anyway, um, so let's go from there. And uh, why don't we talk about Hamannick? 
So we'll go from there. So let's talk about that. Uh, everything's under control. Situation normal. Kind of. Basically, um, you know, as we all know, that Travis Hamannick has asked for a trade uh, to be closer to home. That's all we know. It's, you know, not even his teammates knew about it, the request. And uh, the outage of that rumor uh, caused uh, some uh, some craziness and some scrambling for the Islanders, which gives you an idea that the Islanders were not the source of it, uh, nor was, uh, my belief, Hamannick or his agent. So they know what the situation is. So, um, you know, ones that we've talked about before, the most likely culprit is usually Winnipeg because that is where Hamannick uh, is home. And that puts pressure on the Islanders to appease, or perhaps they were hoping for that appeasement. Not not happy with Garth's uh, price, but um, I don't think they're going to make any deal with uh, Winnipeg. And I think that uh, we'll see if that actually peters out as a uh, rumor or anything like that. But I do, I do think the Truba um, rumors are not going to happen. That said, um, it looks like all talks have basically broken off. Nobody is really happy with the price that Garth is putting. Uh, the point is for Garth is not only about winning now, but making sure they have a piece that they can trust in the future because they know they have that with Hamannick. And as we can see, who's been playing very well during the streak is has been Hamannick, who's been paired with Letty, uh, who's been waking up since the West Coast swing. Uh, he might not have the goal, but his play has been much better uh, since their um, since their turnaround in play, basically. So you can we've talked about this before. That uh, one of the things that I noticed was that Boychuk and Letty had not been playing to the level of last year. Um, last year they were basically playing an all star level, and this year not so much. And I'm still waiting for Boychuk to kind of come come alive. There's been a little bit here and there, but Letty's kind of starting to turn it or pick it up and turn it around. And that's why you're seeing Hamannick and Letty as your first pairing. Um, that said, um, you know, the, uh, in terms of Hamannick, does he get traded? I mean, there's obviously going to be possibilities as the things that we have to look forward to is that, you know, there's a holiday trade freeze that we're coming up on during Christmas. If a team is interested or want the Islanders to weigh a scenario, you know, chances are they might call before that time. The problem is, is most teams know what the cost is now. So it's not really going to be where the Islanders are going to be willing to negotiate. What seems to be clear is that they're not willing to negotiate, that the price is the price. And I think we've seen this in all the talks and perhaps a little bit in the frustration, because I think that's where the rumors are coming from. When the teams don't get what they want, they start talking to, you know, whoever asks. And uh, I think with things leak out of things that the Islanders said no to, whether it's big buff over in Winnipeg. Like I said, I don't think they're going to deal anything with Winnipeg right now. We'll see if that remains to be the same. Um, they're not going to take a UFA um, despite, you know, he's a, 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 a certainly a big brooding talent, 
and uh, somebody who you know we've all talked about wanting and wishing size. But you can understand why the Islanders weren't willing to do that for somebody who's not going to necessarily stay. Um, just like when uh, Edmonton offers up a, 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 a forward. Problem with Edmonton is their best value is in trading forwards, and I don't know if the Islanders really a match. The Islanders are going to want def- defense. They don't want to w- go through the season with a gap. To trade Hamannick, they must receive defense back. And Edmonton's not in any shape to really give up that defense. They have Clefbaum. They have Nurse. Do they want to give up either of those guys? Sure, they would love to have Hamannick, but they want Hamannick with Nurse, with Clefbaum. And that's the problem because the Islanders are unwilling. And maybe that's why we've seen a lot of talk from the rumor mill about three-way trades because I think Edmonton has realized that the Islanders, the only way that they're going to be able to pull this off is if somebody else gets involved because the Islanders just don't seem that interested in just the forward. And all Edmonton wants to give up is, um, you know, an expendable forward. And notice that the rumors is not Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Uh, The rumors are not um, Taylor Hall. It's, you know, players that they can, that are expendable. And the thing about expendable players is that's not worth it in a trade, despite that you might look on the Islanders and wish, you know, a player um, like Eberle, uh is is playing next to JT. I, I, you know, and I get that. But you can see why, you know, especially with the Islanders being right in the mix this year, do they want to make a trade for Hamannick, who's doing very well, and just you know all of a sudden have a gap? You know the kids are not going to fill that spot. They need to get uh, time and uh, and be ready when they feel that the Islanders feel they're ready. And I know that you know seems to stick with some of the fans, but you know that's that's the crux of that. So you can understand the reasoning besides uh, behind their their price. So. So as teams start to realize that price and things are kind of breaking off, well, the Islanders are not going to call anybody anymore. Everybody knows what the price is. They've made specific demands to what they want back for Hamannick. And to be honest, Hamannick has a contract. And the Islanders believe that he is and will continue to play hard. And if there's no been trade no trade offer that's good for the Islanders now and for their future, there's no trade. That's 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 the the crux of that. Um, you know, and the Islanders expect Hamannick to remain a professional. This is not a situation where somebody's complaining or sitting out. He made a request. The Islanders will attempt to accommodate. And even Hamannick had said himself he knew that this you know could take a long time. Could not, you know, and he'll do whatever is necessary. So think of it like this for people who are kind of, you know, hoping that this happens or not happen at all. If the right trade offer happens today or in a month or in six months, the Islanders will consider it like all trade offers if somebody gives, you know, and makes an offer. However, I believe that the Islanders' effort in shopping him is over. They have made their request very clear. Teams know in the NHL what the Islanders want, especially the teams that they're willing to deal with. So, you know, it just gives you a lay of the land. Look, you know, 
is 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 can a team call when they're willing to swallow the the you know the Garth Snow pill in their payment come the trade freeze or come the trade deadline or maybe call them with another scenario to you know to see if they'll uh, consider it sure but uh, but the fact is I don't believe and I think you'll see um, probably rumors of this and uh, just to clarify it that I don't think that the Islanders are negotiating anymore. And because of that, I feel that there is a higher probability that possibly no trade happens at all. Well, what then? That's an interesting scenario. But the fact is, if if Garth can't deal to accommodate Hamannick because other teams are not, are you know, what other teams are willing to pay is going to leave them weaker, then he's not going to be traded. I think that's been also made clear. If you look at the wording of uh, Garth Snow and the Islanders and, you know, what's been said before. And unless that tune changes and that, and that's going to really be coming from other teams and, and offers. Well, you know, that's, that's, that's the way it is. So I think there's going to need to be some consideration now rather than thinking that uh, a trade is imminent or a trade is definitely going to happen down the line, I'm beginning to feel that there's a higher probability right now, at least at the, at the current status, continues to remain the same, that Hamannick is not going to be dealt at all. That's how I see it. And could that be wrong? Could be. But I think the more this sits, and the you know teams know what the payment is. The the fact remains that the Islanders can't afford to just trade them and and go down in price. I think that's what's been made clear. And because of that, it could, you could very well see this either go on until the past the season until the NHL draft, and it'll be the same scenario, unless the Islanders see somebody hot within uh, or or get a better offer of what they feel is great futures because that's when they'll look that you know it's at the trade um the and it, not the trade uh the NHL draft is when they'll consider prospects and draft picks because that's when they that's the time you're not in the season and that's when possibly you know the right deal the right pick comes their way. They have somebody that they feel is really high on their list. That that could po- possibly happen. But, you know, there's also that the possibility that Hamannick made a request, but he's under contract. He's made, you know, he's signed a long-term contract, and he's bound by that contract. He's a professional. And though he made a request, and the Islanders attempted and will continue to attempt to accommodate, we also have to realize the possibility that no trade happens, that no one's willing to give what the Islanders need to give up Hamannick. And that's a distinct possibility. And I think that fans need to start thinking about that as a possibility, especially if we go past the trade deadline uh, or especially the, the holiday trade freeze and we hear that nothing is happening, the lack of rumors, things staying the status quo. And the Islanders doing well with Hamannick in, uh, you know, playing. So I think that uh, we should start to entertain that possibility and uh, go from there. And 
And to tell you the truth, the way that Hamannick is playing and the team, obviously, is a a team guy and a character player and, and um, you know, uh, not deriving the points from last year because he's not being used on the power play, um, still being the, the number one um, in minutes with Dehan, I think, closely number two, perhaps with Letty starting to uh, enter that the minute fray. Um Playing really well, so you know, despite that, not being used on the power uh, power play, but definitely being used shorthanded and being used in all situations. So that's how I see the Hamannick situation, and I figured I'd share it, and hopefully, I haven't droned on and on and on, because uh, without my wingman uh, John, it's uh, a little tougher to have this conversation with fans. But uh, hopefully that makes a little bit of sense. So, and let's let's go from there to to the season, and let's take a look. Look, um, there was a point a couple weeks back where we were really deciding who were the Islanders. We saw a ten-game increment that they had successful. Then we saw a ten-game increment not so successful. Here we are, nine games in to the 10 game with a hell of a streak going. You know, let's look at the last 10. The last 10 games, 6 2 and 2. That's terrific. So um, their differential is plus 12, which is pretty good. If we look, um, take a look at that. Differential in the uh, just the Eastern Conference, they're number four in that goal differential, and overall they are, I believe, sixth in that differential. So that's good stuff to see. Um, let's also take a look at some of the other aspects. In goals four, they are number six, tied with the Rangers. So they're, you know, despite people saying, "Oh, you got to add a forward, you got to add a forward, got to add a forward." Here they are in in the top six, top seven in the NHL in goals for. They're scoring. Even with JT having a little bit of an outage, they are getting the points. And that's important. Um, let's talk about the power play. Power play is actually risen. They are now 10th in the power play percentage. So at least it's getting better. Still not perfect, but it's definitely uh, been able to tally lately. Uh, their penalty kill is still fourth in the NHL. So, um, I mean, you know, let's, that's pretty good stuff. Um, in deriving shots, uh, something that they were horrendous last game with, letting uh, the Flyers basically walk all over them. Um, they're about middle of the road right now. So that needs to get up. So they're about 15th. And in seeing shots against, especially after last game, um, they're not too shabby. Let's take a look at the face-off wins because that's actually dropped a little bit. Uh, their face-off wins has dropped um, for a while. In the first 10 games, it was like fourth in the NHL. Right now, they're 17th. Um, everybody's kind of close on it. It needs to be better. Um, the the 50 mark, the you know the being even, 
is about 14th, 15th in the NHL, and they really need to be in the positives. So that's something that they need to work on. But there, we're seeing a rise in some of the special teams, especially from what we saw in the last 10-game increment. And obviously we're seeing a rise in points. They're, they're getting the wins despite, uh, you know, some anxious moments and some inconsistencies and some mistakes. Um, despite that, um, it you know, it's still happening. And they're right in the mix. So it's everything that you want. In the Eastern Conference, they're number four. So, you know, right, you know, right smack dab. Um, let's see where their points are. Right behind the Rangers by about two points. Uh, I'm not looking at the games tonight right now. And uh, ahead of them, ahead of the Rangers by another point is uh, Washington. And, of course, another point ahead is Montreal. So they're gummed in there. They're They're playing... And they've been, within this streak, they've been within the top six of their conference. And that's really what you want to see. Um, and and if they can continue that, you know, this is what we wanted to see. They had a good West Coast swing that pulled out, at least despite their losing record in the last 10-game increment. It still was a, clearly a turnaround. And they've taken that for the latter half of the last 10-game increment and continued that into this 10-game increment. And had a really good run. And, you know, that's what you want to see. And you want to see them do it uh, consistently. So we'll see how that goes. But, uh, you know, I thought that that was worth talking about a little bit. Let's see what else is worth talking about. Um, Obviously, we talked about uh, JT. You know, one of the things that we've noticed with JT, and I've said this on Twitter, when he's not scoring... He's not the greatest of defensive players. So there's been a couple times that uh, he's not looked too good in some games because of that. You know, the top line needs to score. He is the pinion that keeps that top line going. If he's out, uh, you know, some of the rest of them are out. That said, he and, uh, you know, JT and and Kyle Oposo are still uh, leading the points for the team um, with 22 points. So um, that if you average it out to the season, you're talking about mid-60s. Obviously, JT will rise up again, should be in the 70-point range. You know, like I said, you don't think that, you know, this is a little bit about parity. There's enough talent going around and points going around that their offense is really not that bad. Because if you look at their offense uh, within the NHL scope, they're actually within the top six or seven. So that's where you do want to see it. Even if the players are not, you know, there's nobody busting out with 90 or 80 points right now. And, you know, players heat up and and get streaky. Uh, We've seen it with Bailey. Um, We've seen it with, uh, you know, we saw it with Anders Lee for a bit. Uh, Anders Lee for a while was having um, bad puck luck, basically. His shooting percentage was lower than than his average. So what was happening is it just wasn't going in. But he was playing well, and lo and behold, he started getting a couple tallies in. Um, and it was just the, you know, that that just adjusted. It writes itself. You know, it goes back to his average. So, you know, that those are the kind of things that you want to see is, the, you know, playing well. So JT just needs to keep doing what he needs to do, and the puck will eventually start going in. Um, you know, needs to get the the 
you know, the shot off, but uh, that's neither here nor there. Same thing with Bailey, um, had an assist, um, had, I think, maybe one shot last game and missed on something that he could have scored on. But that said, he's still getting the opportunities and still making it happen, and the assist still, you know, comes in there. Um, let's take a look at the – as I go through, I know that uh, Cal Clutterbuck is uh, day-to-day right now. So hopefully he'll come back soon because I really feel that he is the – just like JT is the key to the top line, to me, Cal Clutterbuck is the key to, to the fourth line. You know, we can talk about Martin putting out the hits and uh, Zizekas, you know, is a, somebody who can get a, a score a goal and be a pest and cause some havoc and uh, be the kind of like greedy little spark plug that he can be. But I really feel that Cal brings both of those items and really gets, a, <laughs> you know, I mean, look, he's got six goals. Um, but, uh, you know, that, that line is doing very well. Um, that line is also doing very well. Uh, you know, I, I notice that every time that somebody puts out the hit um, parade and they're leading in hits, we all go ooh and ah, and that's not really the, the, the statistic that matters. What matters is that they are able to stifle the offense of the other team, and that's what's so important about that fourth line, and that's why that fourth line is so good. Don't look at the hits, because usually those hits happen when you're in your – uh, teams uh, in your own defensive zone. It's not where you want to be. What you want it to have happen is they're creating the hits in the in in the uh, you know in the about halfway you know within the ice and being able to keep the puck in the offensive zone and keep it out of the defensive zone. That's the kind of stuff that you want to see from them. So and. So far, they've been doing pretty good. Um, let's take a look at, uh, you know, obviously Strait's been sitting, so all is well with the world. And as long as that continues, um, you can complain about DeHaan, but he's still getting key minutes. And he's also um, now uh, sharing, t- uh, being paired with Boychuk. So I also want to start looking at Boychuk's own uh, play lately to really assess. Once again, he's being a trusted player and getting the minutes. Um, you know, the, the play is not always perfect, especially when the, the puck is always in their defensive zone. Um, I think that he kind of gets a raw deal from fans um, who kind of accentuate the gaffes. All the de- defensemen make gaffes. They all will make a mistake. They all can be beat. Um, but look at how they're being trusted and how many minutes they're deriving and being trusted in, in the play. And right now, DeHaan is getting a good amount of minutes, and uh, I think that it can continue. Um, let's, I mean, let's talk about goaltending, which has been amazing. And even more amazing is that right now, Grice has a better save percentage than Halak. But as we know, people who dismiss Halak has learned, especially after last game, when he's on, he's on, and that's the difference. Halak, when he's playing well, is just a little bit better than Grice, and that's what you want to see. Um, you know, Grice is as well as he's played, and, and he's he stole a game, he stole a game versus St. Louis, um, and he's been terrific. 
Halak basically stood on his head, and the Islanders were able to collect the point and then also to go into the shootout, and he played once again, stood on his head, and, uh, and they were able to pull out a win. So, you know, that's going up and ab- above. And I think that's, you know, and his goal against average is a little bit better than Grice. But what a tandem. Both have eight wins each, and they're they're doing terrific. Um, Hlock has a .925 save percentage. Grice is a .928 save percentage. Ladies and gentlemen, we've come a long way from the average goaltending that we were having before or below average that we really saw, unfortunately, with Nabokov as he kind of, you know, uh, got a little long in the tooth and, the, you know, they couldn't stay to the same level that he was in the in pretty, pretty much in the maybe in the shortened season. And that next year when we saw the whole team dip, but what I had spoken to the Islanders and what was pointed out to me was, you know, the below average goaltending. And lo and behold, we look now, especially uh, last year, better goaltending, especially from the starter. Unfortunately, the backups really weren't that good. And then finally, the Islanders get their man with Grice, who they chased the season before as well, uh, but weren't able to get him because he went to Pittsburgh. They bring him in and they... Clearly, he has done extremely well, and you have a great goaltending tandem, and uh, both of them are getting good time, and what this does is, you know, this doesn't create a goalie controversy. I think that Hlock is the better goaltender, but Grice is just, just as, you know, right there as well, but I think what it allows is for fresh goaltenders when it matters. Late in the season, look, we all saw after the All-Star game last season how play dipped throughout the team. Halak was playing lots of games. Um, you know, DeHaan had never played as many games. Remember, you got to remember his AHL time was fraught with injuries. Uh, Vishnowski was, you know, long in the tooth, and they were trying to rest him, even though he wasn't happy about it, but the play was falling off. The season's a grind. 82 games is rough. And going into the playoffs, how much more do you have to play? And you want your goaltenders fresh. And and this is an opportunity to have two solid, if not, you know, obviously well above average goaltending right now from both goaltenders. You want that to continue because when it counts, you want them rested. You don't want them doing what we saw with the Capitals with Holpe. Um, playing 70 games, it's crazy. Eventually, that you know, that most people break down. They don't break down in play; they break down in body. So you want to see the you know that type of right now that that split has been really good for the Islanders. Both of them are getting time. Nobody's collecting rust except you know, uh, you know what whatever they do with uh, Barube. But right now, we know that the uh, the two main guys are uh, doing well, stealing games, both of them. And uh, that's really been a, the secret to the, the Islanders' success, or not so secret to most fans, because, uh, you know, their goaltending has been terrific. So let's uh, go from there. What else to talk about? Once again, uh, unfortunately, John wasn't able to make it this week. 
So I'm just flying solo, trying to give a little bit of, uh, you know, trying to not miss a week, try to give a little bit of uh, some thoughts. And, uh, you know, we've we've really appreciate the, the, the fan support. We've been getting a lot of listens. Uh, we've been getting a lot of good feedback. I've had... <laughs> I've had uh, a couple, uh, my wife works in one of the school systems in Nassau County, and uh, some people have come over and said that they listen to your husband. And I, I do really appreciate that because uh, um, it's a small world, and, uh, you know, Long Island is a small place, and I really do appreciate uh, the kudos that's been said, and I, I really do appreciate, you know, this is not something that's my full-time gig. I do this because I've always been interested in the Islanders and the, and the hockey. I've always wanted to know how things work, you know, not about being right, not about figuring it all out. The point is, can I understand how things work and can I share a little bit of that as I discover it? And it's been a really good ride and I'm coming up right now in February will be my ninth year of doing this and uh the podcast has been a really good um opportunity especially with my uh wingman john uh john and i have really enjoyed these shows and really like uh really been appreciative of the of the uh, of the feedback from fans um you know the mentions from other uh journalists and uh citing from, from the podcast you know it, it, it's something that uh it really uh you know, when you put in the extra time, we really appreciate uh, everybody listening and uh, keeping along with it. So wanted to make sure that we got something in this week and uh, go from there. So let's give a few seconds as I uh, throw in a little uh, vignette as I take a quick moment to grab a drink and we'll talk about a few other items and then we'll move on. There is only one thing hockey fans should be listening to. This podcast. You are listening to the Isles Beat Podcast with your host, B.D. Galoff and John Jordan. Prepare for your mind to be blown. So is your mind blown? Probably not. But anyway, let's go from there. All systems are functioning with the normal specifications. Oh, thank you. Anyway, let's go into a little bit, see what I got in my notes before we wrap up. Want to make sure I hit on um, all the items that we kind of uh, alluded to. Um, Maybe we should talk about last night a little bit, shall we? Um, I think that, uh, look, it... Last night is a prime example of a team not playing well, completely being out of sorts, not playing their possession game, not even able to maintain anything with the puck. Certainly not able to, you know, you know. Obviously, they were able to score a couple times, but really not there. You know, that's not the possession game. The possession game that they play is supposed to have them derive uh, the more shots. If you want to know how their possession game works, look at their shot count. As long as they keep on cycling, keep on creating, and getting off the shots, that's how they can, you know, that's what you see in a successful possession game. Last night was not a successful possession game. There was a lot of things wrong with the, with the team last night. 
That said, a year ago or two years ago, this probably would have been a blowout. You get a, a you know an average or below average goaltender. Um, you get you know players that can't carry the puck and uh, score, even despite uh, the situation and losing confidence. The fact is, despite everything kind of not going their way, they were still able to kind of you know pull it out. And to me, that's kind of amazing, and it kind of shows the talent that's kind of going along there, that they have enough talent to still stay in these games. One of the things that, that John and I had cited in the first 10 games, or the one of the notes of concern that I had, were seeing in the beginning of the season two games where they just didn't compete at all, and they were blowouts. They were blowout losses. And that hasn't really happened again. And that was one of the things that I was looking for to make sure that didn't happen. Because those were the games that concerned me. Those were the Islanders of old. You know, a season ago. Or not a season ago, two seasons ago. Or even the old-time Islanders. You, You know, where they're blown out, not able to do anything. Just kind of just playing the other team's game and having the other team exact their will. Here, Flyers did exact their will. They got all the shots off. But the Islanders had enough talent and enough pieces in place, even despite with JT not playing very well, and still are able to stay in the game and then the goalie take the game. And that's a nice difference. Is that going to happen each and every time? No. And would God help us if we keep on having those kind of uh, games? But, you know, after a streak of and in some really good games and, and some items working for the Islanders, to have a game where things didn't quite work, you can, you know, it, it happens. It's, that's, that's hockey. So that is going to happen. But how does the team stay in it? And that's what I thought was good last night, despite that, once again, I was not happy, just as you were not happy, in how that game went. I do have to appreciate that they were able to stay with it and kind of scoop it up in the end. That's what good teams do. And I really hope that that's something that the Islanders can continue because you're going to have those games where things are just not working, just not jiving, you know, whatever the reason. You know, you still want to see them, you know, even if they just derived a point last night, it would have been great. But they took two. And that's that's you know something to, something to watch because like I said, what really is something that I've been looking for this year is for them to eradicate those type of blowout losses where the team does what the Flyers did and then walk away with a four zero game or a four one game. Instead, the Islanders you know tie it and they go in they go into OT and still make a uh, a lunkhead mistake that I'd think was Grabowski, even though everybody was screaming about the coach because everybody's got their knee-jerk thing. Everybody, you know, has that emotional reaction. And, uh, you know, as far as, you know, I think it was Grabowski there on that one. Um, and they still were able to get to the shootout and then, 
you know, thanks to Kyle Oposo, uh, who's been uh, pretty good in the pinch there. And uh, and obviously Halak, they, they, they get two points. And it's just something that, you know, that I think you have to appreciate and hope that it doesn't happen again. And when it does, you hope that they keep on staying in it. You want to see them constantly able to compete and be within the reach, even when things are not working on all cylinders. And that is something that we've actually seen a lot of, even in the in the middle 10-game increment, when they were actually in a losing uh, scenario. They had two close games versus Montreal. And I think that's very important. Good teams compete, even when they lose. And that was something that was missing from the, you know, t- you know two years ago. They weren't able to compete. Things were not working. There were those blowouts. So it's just something to kind of keep in mind and um, see how they can, the Islanders can take that to the next level. And obviously you want to see them play a little bit more consistently. You need to get GT. JT will get off the snide, um, and you'll see the top line, uh, pl- you know, playing well again. You hope that Strom can start to tally a little bit more. Um, you want to see Anders Lee, like I said, uh, the shooting percentage should right itself. I don't think he's playing any worse than last season. I think he's playing about the same, and uh, that's not necessarily a bad level. Let's see where he's able to take it, because he, where he kind of fell apart was kind of at that playoffs once again long season uh the kids you know it's something new for them so hopefully that uh, that's where you know if he does average the same as last season that's where he can pick up the pace a little bit so um you know i guess my status quo is uh optimistic um it's been a good 10 game run obviously what whatever happens in the next game and you want to see that continue, and you want to see them start to um, – you really want to see them get hotter. You know, they had a great run last year, but, it, you know, I guess in hindsight that run happened a little early, and then the tail off was pretty terrible. I prefer them to go back and forth and do these struggles and still be in the mix and get into the playoffs and ride, ride high than be uh, backing into the playoffs. So as far as I'm concerned, so far so good. So, you know, we can uh, next week, uh, John and I will take more calls. I know that I didn't do this one live and let everybody know. It was only because I was going to fly solo and I wanted to get a couple things out. Um, We will do that again with phone calls um, as we do the show. This is only because I am uh, by myself this week and... Um, also next time we also have a couple people that can also pinch hit for us. I just wanted to, I wasn't able to, uh, work tomorrow night and get, uh, some other friends to, uh, come on board in the pinch because I wasn't going to be available tomorrow and it wasn't enough time. So, um, I hope everybody appreciates, uh, you know, it'll be about 45 minutes of, uh, some thoughts, I guess, um, is there anything else that we can talk about? Kate Murray ended up being a trustee and over in NASA Community College. Well, you know, you knew she was going to land somewhere. And, uh, you know, uh, unfortunately, uh, the thing about NASA County is shit does rise to the top. But in this case, the Islander fans made sure that she didn't get what she wanted. 
Um, you know, she becomes a $150,000 a year trustee to NASA Community College, where the GOP pretty much runs the show. I don't know. Trustee of a community college, as opposed to, uh, you know, being a DA. I'll take that trade. Fuck you, Kate. And folks, this is Isles Beat. We'll be back next week for more. And uh, let's go from there and hopefully see some more wins. Good night, folks. Oh, what song should we end with? Let's end with... God damn it, where is it? Here we go. You see, we're on a mission from God. Yeah, that's right. On a mission from God. All right, folks. On that note, we're out. Bye-bye.